Thank you. That's good stuff. Except Marvin Gaye. Is that, is that Yeah. Hey, kids, that, that thing on the screen, that was a tape. Uh, and it's more specifically, it's called, it was a mixtape. Uh, and those were the most amazing things of the 80s. Uh, you would put different songs on the tape and record them, and then you, it, was, it was like your own like mix factory there. It was pretty amazing. Um, before singles, does anybody remember the single uh, tapes? In the, yeah, that's good, too. Uh, before I forget, uh, it's movie month, and so we've got some movie food for you. On the ends of the rows are some Twizzlers. You can take one down and pass it around. And uh, we're going to watch a few clips in a second. I don't know about you, but I love movies. Maybe it was because my parents, uh, I was raised in a movie-watching family, and uh, I don't know which movie it was that was my first one. Maybe it was when I uh, learned The Crane from Danielson and uh, Karate Kid, or... I don't know, it could have been, I might have fell in love with movies with uh, maybe when Indiana Jones is getting uh, chased by that giant ball of dirt that was in that strange place, that temple thing. Uh, or it could have been, uh, what's another movie from the 80s that, that we had? Oh, The Three Amigos. Do you remember The Three Amigos? That was one of my favorites from the 80s. My parents love movies so much that on holidays, it is a tradition for Christmas and Thanksgiving, uh, we go to a movie together. When we're in town, and we usually have some uh, funny stories of some really awful movies that we saw. Some of them are good, but for some reason we always catch the bad ones. But movies are—they're awesome. They—they they speak to us. They're kind of, you know, who we are as a culture, and we can quote lines to each other. And immediately, you can pick up on the movie. You know the movies. I've been to movies before. I don't know about you, but I've been in movies where there's suddenly a scene, or there's a moment, or a quote, and suddenly you're like, "Wow, that kind of reminds me of something." And I've had kind of this God, have you ever had a God moment in a movie theater? I was like, man, that kind of sounds like something that Jesus would would do or say. I've had those moments. And and this series is a little bit about that. It's about saying, hey, here's something we love. And let's see what God can show us from from some of of these these movies. Now, we'll tell you this. we don't endorse the entire film of every movie, okay? There are some bad words in some of these movies, okay? We're not saying we, we, the whole film, hooray, but for, for most of the, the things that we, uh, the, the theme of the movie, we're, we're all about, and that's what we want to kind of look at during this series. Now, the first one is Guardians of the Galaxy. Did anyone see Guardians of Galaxy, the Galaxy? All right? Very cool. Lots of things I liked about the soundtrack. Amazing. There's some cool references to the 80s that, if you remember, Kevin Bacon, there was a Kevin Bacon name drop that was a lot of fun in there. There's something about these Marvel movies, though. Have you noticed this? Making millions and millions of dollars, these Avengers and Thor, and I mean, they're just huge. Did you grow up reading comic books? Is that, were you a comic book person growing up? Yeah. The extent of my comic book reading was, you remember Mad Magazine? Uh, that was it. That wasn't really even a comic. Uh, I think there was Spy versus Spy in there. But I really didn't get into comics, but these movies are, man, they're huge. I did have this thing, Superman, Batman, definitely the heroes I liked, but of course, Wonder Woman, uh, the best. I don't know why, uh, but Wonder Woman, the best. Maybe because she looks a lot like... My wife. Have you ever seen that before? Have you noticed that? Linda Carter? Uh, anyway, uh, I regress. I'm back to, the, back to here. Um, 
By the way, I'm going to need somebody to go out to eat over my anniversary tomorrow night uh, for showing that, because uh, I don't know if my wife will do that. Well, let's, let's get into the movie today, Guardians of the Galaxy. If you haven't seen it, spoiler alert, I'm going to give it away today. I'm sorry. You can just plug your ears, but you have had a year to watch it, and you haven't, so here we go. Uh, here's some characters that you'll need to know. The main character is this guy by the name of Peter Quill, uh, but he wants everyone to call him Star-Lord. All right, that's his hero, your, your, his special name, Star-Lord. If you had like a hero name, what would that name be? Hmm, it's a tough one. Star-Lord, where did we go with Star-Lord? Now, Noah, when he's introduced at Upwards Basketball, he is the Noah Constrictor. That was the best we could come up with. Uh, but what would your, your superhero name be? But he, he, is, he wants to go by Star-Lord. His name's Peter. He... He has been taken from the 80s. He was a kid of the 80s. In 1988, aliens came and, and abducted him and, and took him into this, this story of, of crazy proportion. So that's our main character. We have Next, we have Gamora. Now, Gamora is uh, this uh, green assassin, and uh, she is the adopted daughter of the baddest uh, evil man in the planet, Thanos, in the galaxy. And he has trained her to be a killing machine, Gamora. Then we have Rocket the Raccoon. Rocket the Raccoon, talking raccoon. Based, so this whole thing's based on a true story. Um, <laughs> Bradley Cooper, the voice of the raccoon. So ladies, have suddenly ears have perked. Ah, I don't know the sci-fi, but Bradley Cooper. Rocket uh, is talking raccoon, and he is a bounty hunter. He's out looking for people for for money, and he's a bounty hunter. But he has a partner in this, and his name is Groot. Groot. He's just a giant tree, Groot, okay? And he has three words that he says the entire film. I am Groot. That's it. I am Groot. I am, the whole movie, I am Groot. I am Groot. Uh, and Vin Diesel plays this person, this character, which I would like to have that gig. Three uh, words, the entire, I am Groot. And he got, he got paid for it. So good for Ben. Uh, then we have later on, we'll, we'll find out about Drax the Destroyer. Drax the Destroyer. He is a very just muscular, mad guy. And apparently he is just too muscular for shirts because he never wears one. Uh, but he is Drax the Destroyer. And Funny, funny thing about him, he's from a planet where they take everything literally. Everything literally. So it must be a planet of engineers. Uh, but uh, yeah, that just happened. That just happened. That's why we took the offering before the sermon. Uh, great line. Uh, Rocket says this. You know, his people are completely literal. Metaphors go over his head. And, and, and Drax says, Nothing goes over my head. My reflexes are too fast. I would catch it. Uh, so everything is just literal to Drax. And so we, we pick up these characters at the beginning of the movie, and they are all chasing things. Okay, we've got Peter and Gamora. They're chasing this thing called the orb. Now, inside of the orb is this infinity stone. Now, the infinity stone is very powerful, uh, very powerful. They don't quite know this yet, but they're chasing after this thing because they're going to sell it for big bucks. Now, Groot and Rocket are actually chasing after Peter because Peter is, uh, he is a criminal, and they're bounty hunters, so they're trying to get him to turn him in for money. So here's our opening scene. <laughs> so those are our characters. 
And that's pretty obvious. It's a dog-eat-dog world out there. It's survival of the fittest, and they're willing to do whatever. Shoot, step, bite, push, lie, still, cheat to get it. And, uh, you know, that, that kind of should sound familiar to mirror to us. We're very much uh, for ourselves kind of society that we live in. Very, we love our independence. We love Independence Day. It was a great day yesterday as we, we celebrate our country's independence. We're also about individual independence. We don't need anybody. I don't need anybody. I don't need anybody's help. You know, really, it's kind of a sign of weakness if you do. And a lot of us, you know, I've said this about myself, uh, at an early age, I left home as soon as I was done with high school, and, and I didn't turn back. I was on my own, and I could do it. I can make it on my own and by myself. But you know what? God never created us to be independent individuals. He created us to be in community with him and with others. And that's kind of our theme for the day. You know, as much as we kind of seek this pool, this, this thing inside of us that wants us to be independent, we weren't created that way. We were created to be in community with him and with others. In fact, that's why he created us in the beginning. When God was creating, he created us for relationship with him, to be in relationship with him. And, and Romans tells us this, everything comes from him and exists by his power and is, is intended for his glory. All glory to him forever. Amen. We were created for this relationship with God. And if, if that's not there, there's something that's inside of us. And some of us can't put our finger on it, but we know that something's missing. Or maybe at one time you had a relationship with God. You had that, but now you don't. And, and now you're wondering, well, what? there's just something not right about my life. There's this hole that's there. We're made for a relationship with God. We're also created for a relationship with other people. In Genesis 2, God created Adam, but then he said, you know what? Adam needs a partner. He needs a person in life to, to live life with. He created Eve and, and created community together. And uh, Ephesians tells us this. I love this verse. You know, we're, we're no longer called outcasts or wonders, individuals, but instead we're citizens with God's people, members of God's holy, I love this word, family. We're a part of God's holy family and residents of his household. That's what we're called to be, a family, a community uh, together with people and with God. Now, there's something inside of us that says, uh, okay, I love this relationship with God thing, but this whole people thing, uh, I'm not as keen on hanging out with people because people, let's be honest, they're high maintenance. They're whiny sometimes. They are tough to deal with. They're just, they're just difficult. And there's just something in pulling us that says, uh, you know, let's just kind of do our own thing. Let's just be independent. And I think technology has helped us with that. If you think back, over the years, does anyone remember? Uh, anybody, you don't have to raise your hand to identify yourself. Does anybody remember when air conditioning was not present in the home? There was no air conditioning in your home. Now, what would you do, especially in Texas? You'd have to do what? You'd go outside, okay? You'd go outside because it was, what was that? Sweat. <laughs> We're going to do that anyway. So you'd be sweating. Uh, but you'd go outside, and people would go out in their front yard. And what would they do? They would see your neighbors. You would know your neighbors. I grew up, and I, at the time, I thought that I was, my parents were, Ur. they wouldn't let me have an Atari growing up. That very 80s thing, an Atari. 
And, and then when a Nintendo came along, they wouldn't let me have a Nintendo either. And it forced me to go outside and play with neighborhood kids. And we would play games and kickball. And we knew people from all over the neighborhood. That doesn't happen anymore, does it? It just doesn't. We invented this kind of cave on the side of our houses. It's called the garage. And uh, people, they have this automatic thing in their car. And they, the door goes up. Your car goes in. You don't even have to talk to anybody. You just go straight to that little hidden door in your house and you go in. My neighbor, two houses over from me, he's like, I think he's like afraid of my family. I don't know if he's heard about my kids or something, but it's like anytime that I've seen like, I've seen like part of his head or profile, it's kind of like, uh, you know, some kind of Loch Ness monster or something. I, I don't know if he actually exists because he runs every time. And uh, I actually saw his, his, his truck yesterday. He's like, some of you are like this. He's like, I can't get the whole car in there, but I'm just going to go with half because at least I can get in and no one will. How many of you right now could get a car in your garage? If it, like right, if, you, if you drove to your house right now, I could not, but right now I could not get, not, I, have a, I think I have a one car. I cannot get a car in my garage right now because obviously I've got stuff in there and you've got stuff in there too. But th- that's the, the garage. That's another way, an invention. Something else that came along. Uh, I don't know if you recognize these things. Uh, it's the, the, the butler one, the picture. This, kids, is called the answering machine, Okay. This is one of the, the, the first answer machines for $99.95, by the way, okay? An answer machine where people, you weren't there, and so they would record a message. You'd have to record it, remember that? You would have to record a message, and then you, someone would leave it. Now, this invention, I think, has really kind of honestly disconnected us. Why? Let's fast forward. You get a, a phone call. And sometimes you know, have the little name in your, your number, sometimes you don't. And you have that moment where you're like, and it's inside of you. You're not saying any of this out loud. Do I really want to answer this? Do I, re- I mean, I know it's my mom calling. Uh, but do I- you should always answer from your mom. But you have that like, dialogue. You're like, nah, if it's really important, I'll let it go to voicemail. Or if it's really important, they'll text me. And so then we have this tug inside of us that says, mm, I don't want to have conversations. I don't want to go there. We see that even more with, obviously, the invention of, of social media, where I have 888 friends, friends, but how many of those people would you call at 3 o'clock in the morning if something you really needed? How many of you have their number, all their numbers in, in your phone? Probably not many, probably not many, because so we have tons and tons of friends, but very shallow relationships. That's what our culture, it, it, it teaches us, and it pulls us that way, and encourages us to drift toward isolation, autonomy, and individuality. And because of it, you know, I think that we can all agree, if you look around, our culture really is going through a season of relational poverty, relational poverty, and it's just sweeping everywhere. It's one of the reasons why right now we're probably the most depressed an over-medicated uh, society that's ever seen this planet before because of this, th- this relational poverty that we have. And our characters in the movie, they're no different. There are some things that have really separated them in life. Gamora, the, the green assassin, she was taken from her home at, at a, a young age. She was separated from her, her birth parents and uh, by this super villain that we talked about, Thanos. 
And uh, he actually destroyed her, her home and her life. And so now she is running. She's running away from her past. She's running away from people. Uh, things are, are just totally wrecked in her life. So she's going as far away as, that, as possible. And she's trying to buy a new life. Then we had, remember Drax the Destroyer. Uh, Drax has uh, had his family taken away as well. His wife and his daughter were, were killed by this awful uh, character, uh, Ronan, that we'll see in, in a few minutes. They, they, were, they were killed, and now he is extremely bitter, and he's just full of anger. And he's trying to destroy anyone else in his path because of this anger inside of him. And that anger controls all of his decisions, and it, and it focuses him and, and it dictates his life, this anger does. Then you've got Rocket. Rocket, the, the, the little raccoon, uh, you know, he was experimented on at, at a young age and became a talking raccoon. But because of all this poking and prodding, very abnormal life. And from the very beginning, he'd been called names. Some of his kind of comical moments, Ranger Rick uh, in, the, uh, in the movie. But he'd been called names, rodent. And he's called even raccoon once. And he was like, what's that? What's a raccoon? But he's been tossed stones at his entire life. And so now he just has this, this want to get back at the world kind of, kind of mentality. And then we have Peter. Peter, our main character. If, you see, if you've seen the movie, at the very beginning, the very first scene that we see, we have Peter at the age of 10. And there's this hospital scene, and it's, it's gut-wrenching because it's his mother who had been battling cancer. Peter's dad is not in the picture. For some reason, he's gone. We don't know if he's abandoned him. We don't know if he's going to come back. Or not, but we know that he is, he's left. And now we've got mom seen, and mom is, is dying. And surrounded by family, mom, she reaches out and says, Peter, would you grab my hand? Now, I don't know why. I can't get into to his head, the character's head, but maybe it was that feeling of, well, if I trust someone else, if I reach out and grab this hand, maybe she will leave me as well. And she, he, he won't reach out. He doesn't reach out. And then just moments later, uh, she passes away. You know, we've all lost things. As I think about different people, we've lost lots of things. Some of us lost money. You've invested in things and lost things that you've worked hard for. In other situations, you've lost family, like some of our characters, maybe through death, maybe through dysfunction. You've lost people in your life, family members that, members that you care deeply about. Some of you have lost trust. You've trusted things. And they have let you down. And, and I, getting the chance to walk with teenagers for a long time as a youth pastor, I was in, in Vero Beach, Florida for, for several years, for about seven years. I, for several individuals, I got to see them from sixth grade to graduating from high school. And I love students because they are just, they're so excited about life. I love to go to camp with kids when they're singing and praising God because they're so passionate about the Lord. Now, some of us have kind of lost some of that fervor when we worship and we seek God. But these kids, they don't care what other people think at times. They're just praising God. But something happened in this, this time of their life from 6th grade to 12th grade. There are life events that have happened. Some of them, a lot of them, have gone through divorce, have gone through separation, have gone through hurts and pains. And you just can see almost the transformation from a young age to an older age. And some of them, quite honestly, and maybe you can relate to this, some of you have lost innocence. You've had your innocence taken away at times. And it's heartbreaking. 
I, I sense this in my own life as I get older, as I get now in my mid-30s, I trust less. I am more, I'm less likely to kind of want to jump into things or be excited about, I, I'm kind of my own, I want to be on my own. And I'm just kind of keep things at arm's length sometimes. And, th- and that's, the, that's the, the thing that we have, this thing that's pulling at us. But that's not the, 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 the thing that God has called us to be. We're called to be in community. We're called to, to live in this relationship with God. And we get glimpses of that. We can sense it inside of us. Maybe it's buried deep, but it's a seed that God has planted in each one of us. There is a seed of community. Maybe you felt it or sensed it when you saw this scene. I don't know if you saw this. Japanese uh, man was in Australia, and his foot gets, you can play that video, gets, his foot gets stuck in the subway, and leg gets stuck there. And so now the, the, the people around are, are, are desperately trying to react and they work together to push the subway off this man's leg. What a powerful scene as they, they have to work for it. And more people join in. And he is, after a, a few minutes, is, re, is released and is not harmed. There's something about me when I see the scene of people coming together. It's one, that, just, that just does something inside of me. Do you feel that? People working together for, for a cause, for a the same goal. And there he is. He's out and going his way. I, I felt the same thing when I was younger in the, in the 80s, actually. Uh, do you remember uh, this person right here? You know who this person right here, this girl is? Maybe you would recognize the next picture a little better. I think it was 87, Midland, Texas. A little girl gets stuck in a well. And what happens? For, for three days, she's stuck there. And the country rallies. It was, I mean, I remember this, I was nine, but I remember this like it was yesterday. It was like, we were all praying for this girl. We were all hoping. People were volunteering, people were giving, people were showing up with lights or whatever they could do to help. And when that that little girl came out, it was like, and I love, I love that one of the headlines was, this is not just their baby, it's everyone's. So that, that moment of community, I love it. I sense it in, in, in events like this weekend. Today's, the, I don't know if you know this, the Women's World Cup final. Uh, I love like these Olympic type events, these country events where it's not just me that's playing a sport, it is us and we are together. And it just, there's something different about it. Ryder Cup is this event they have in golf and it's different countries against each other. You know, golf is just, I mean, it's kind of boring. It puts you to sleep sometimes, right? If you were going to watch golf, this is the one to not you, but everyone else. I mean, look, even the way they clap, it's like, that puts you to sleep, okay? But in the Ryder Cup, something happens, okay? Because it's not just you playing for yourself, it's you playing for your country and your team, and it's something bigger than yourself. And so these guys that are like, yay, I made a putt, now are like, Wah! I mean, it's just... It goes crazy, and guys are just high-fiving and chest-bumping, and it's, it's nuts. It's that, that, that thing that we sense that's there, and it's a beautiful thing. The early church, they got this. In Acts chapter 2, 
they, they, when the church was first starting, they would join together with the believers and they shared everything. Acts chapter 2, verse 44. They shared everything they had. They sold their property, their possessions. They shared the money for, and those in need. They worshiped together the, t- the temple daily. They met in homes and they ate the Lord's Supper and they shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people and awe and wonder filled. It was just a magical community moments together. This is what the church is called to look like. Now, back to our characters. Back to the movie. While these characters are in prison, they decide that they're going to, remember that orb? They're going to sell the orb. They're going to all work together to sell the orb. They'll, they'll split the money, but they find out that this orb has this infinity stone. And this infinity stone is uber dangerous. It can destroy lives and planets and all kinds of things. And this, this evil character, Ronan, is trying to get the orb. And so they're trying to, and actually has taken it from them. So they're trying to decide, what are we going to do? Now that the bad guy has the orb, he can destroy the, the galaxy, what should we do? Should we run away? That's what we're used to. Just, just run away and just kind of save ourselves. Or should we do something else? And, and here's this thing. All right, so what brings these guardians of the galaxy together? A couple of things I notice. First of all, they witness self-sacrifice. There's a couple of moments in the movie where Peter, he is willing to give his life for Gamora to save her. And then Groot, a powerful scene where Groot saves the whole group. And the one time he doesn't say, I am Groot, he's, he's going to, to save everyone by making this giant ball of, of, of a tree to, to keep them alive. He says this, we are. And he saves, he saves the group. And as you think about it in movies that you've seen, some of the most powerful moments in movies have come when people have given their lives. Uh, you think about it, and maybe in uh, Spock in The Wrath of Khan, when he goes in and, and saves the group by taking the, the radiation, or, or Jack in the Titanic, oh, when he, he lets go of the raft and lets Kate Winslet live on. And then Clint Eastwood, Clint Eastwood in Gran Torino when he dies in the end for the, for the group. Or Bruce Willis in Armageddon. Those are the movies that we are, the moments that we remember. And they're so powerful. And they're great in movies. But they're even better in real life. They're even better in real life. I have some great news for you today. There is someone that has given his life for you and for me says this in John 15, this is my commandment, love each other the same way that I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. The bonding thing that we have, we all have together, that brings people together is the fact that Jesus died for me and he died for you. Now, you can hear those words and maybe you've heard those all your life, but if you get that and suddenly you realize that's the truth, oh, man. It is transforming, and it brings us together as God's people, as God's family. Something else they did. A couple of weeks ago, maybe you'll remember this, but they, they, they took their shoes off. They showed themselves to others. They were, they were real with each other. They took their shoes off. Now, I want you to, to, to just turn to your neighbor and, and say, I love you, but you have ugly feet, okay? <laughs> I love you, but you have ugly feet, Now, there's nobody in this room, okay? I don't care how many pedicures you've had. I don't care how many pedicures. And some of you dudes in this room, 
I know that you go and get pedicures. I'm not going to call out any names. I'm just going to make some eye contact with a few of you. No judgment. I'm kind of jealous, okay? But no matter how many pedicures, you still have nasty feet, okay? <laughs> they, they are, all of us have nasty feet, okay? And when you take off your shoes and you say, listen, my feet are ugly too, okay? I've got stuff in my life too. You know, and that's the powerful part of that moment when they start to reveal these things. I've got hurt. I've got baggage. I've got anger. I've got these things, and I need your help. I need your help. We need each other in this, and that's what brings these folks together. Romans 15, 5 through 7 says it this way. May God, who gives this patience and encouragement, help you live in complete harmony with one another, as it's fitting for followers of Jesus Christ. Then all of you can join together with one voice, giving praise and glory to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, hear this, accept each other. Ugly, nasty feet and all. Because Jesus Christ has accepted you so God, that God will be given the glory. Accept one another. And we're in this together to help one another, to spur one another along. They had a shared mission. When they got on board with the same mission, that's what brought these, this group of guardians together. We have a mission as Christ followers. Our, our mission is to, to run the race that Christ has called us to run. If you have decided to put your faith in Jesus Christ, you are on this journey, and you are trying to follow Jesus, and we need help to do that. We all need each other's help. Sometimes we need a kick in the pants. You've blown it. You're wrong. But I want to help you get you back on the right path. Sometimes we need encouragement. Sometimes we need grace from others. We need love from others. We need a pick-me-up. Sometimes we need somebody to, to show up with a birthday cake and re be reminded how much we love you and love each other. We need that for uh, us as a family. You know, I need some help. I'll just be honest. I need some help raising my kids. They tell me the more people in my kid's life that that, that give them a picture of what authentic Christianity looks like, the more chance, the better chance they have of getting it themselves. In the average, the best number, four to six people. There's only two, Melly and I and my family. I need you to give pictures to my kids of what the kingdom of God looks like. We need each other. We do. We do. We're on a mission together. I want you to make it to the end. And I know this life is hard, and I know life will throw you some things, but together we can find the finish line together. We're on this mission. We're also in mission to invite people to be a part of this family. We believe that God created everybody, seven billion people and plus on the planet, but not everybody is a part of God's family. We were all created by God, but we aren't all part of his family. God adopts us into his family when we put our trust into him. Now, I love moments uh, like this. Maybe you've gone to someone's house, and you don't know them very well, but they're having a family gathering, and you immediately feel a part of that family. You're like, I've been a part of this group. When they say, hey, the fridge is open, here's this, take your shoes off, be yourself, you actually believe them. And like you suddenly are like, oh, man, I just feel at home. I just feel a part of this. Now, the opposite sometimes, what happens? We go into this a room, and, and everything is, is, is white, and you're afraid to drop it, you're, and kids and everywhere, and you're scared to death. You, you, and you're constantly like, I have to say the perfect thing. I have to act like nothing's wrong. I, 
And we can't live that. We have to be a family and say, hey, fridge is open. Pool is open. You know where this is? Welcome. Welcome to our family. We want to be a part. We want you to be a part of the family. And that's who God has called us to be on this mission. And the last thing is this. They found common mission in defeating a very real enemy. And we have an enemy in the world. We have a, a darkness and evil that is out to destroy us. First Peter 5, 8 through 10 says this, says this. Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Catch this. Remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering that you are. Join together with the family of God. And there is evil out there. There is a dark force that wants to destroy your marriage, to destroy your home, to destroy your kids. And we need to band together as one, as a family of God. And we need to defeat evil in our lives and in our, in our, our worlds around us, in our community. And the good news is this is God is a part of that with us. He's going to lead us and give us strength, and he has called us to embrace his hand and also to embrace the hand and grab the hand of the person beside us. So what happens to our guardians? What happens in the end? Does the bad guy win? Of course not. Of course not. Here's the ending of, of Guardians of the Galaxy. Whoa. Whew. It's intense, especially the dance-off part. So how can we grab the hand of those around us? How can we resist this pull that we have to, to be individuals, to be independent, to be autonomous? Can I give you a couple suggestions as we get ready to close? If you're a guest with us today, we're glad that you're here. We're so happy that you're here. I hope that you take the next step and join us in, in this community of believers. Can I tell you, though? We have smelly feet. Uh, they're stinky. None of us is, in this room is perfect. But we would love for you to join us in this journey together, on this mission together, this calling that God has given us. One way you can do that, we've got this thing called Restart. We're going to eat lunch together in this room just right over here. We'd love for you to come and join us. Maybe you're not ready for that, but maybe you want to come hang out with us next week, and that would be great too. It, another thing that you can do, maybe you're someone that comes, and you, you come... Maybe every Sunday, you come in and out every Sunday, but you're really not a part of anything else. You're not involved in serving, and you're not involved in a life group. And can I tell you, life groups are where it's at. It goes beyond the casual conversation and goes deeper where we can actually live life together. And maybe there, for whatever reason, you just hit that place of, eh, I just don't want to don't want to, I just don't want to grab somebody else's hand. I'm just kind of fine by myself. That's not the way God intended us to live. He, he wanted us to live in this relationship together, in this journey together. Maybe you're in, a you're in a life group or you've been in a life group and you're like, eh. Can I tell you, a couple of, uh, a couple of months back, I had a revelation. I, I was coming back from life group and I was having that internal dialogue of, you know, group was just kind of eh tonight. You know, it was just kind of, ah. Uh. And then you kind of have that poke of conviction from God. Well, what did you do? How did you invest in others? How did you open your heart tonight? Did you just go and were you just a, a fly on the wall? 
And, and, and then the real poke came. Where, were, were you just checking your score, the scores of the game the whole time during people, while people were sharing and discussing th- things in life? How did you take your relationships? Were you accountable to other people? Or did you lift others up? Let me tell you, some of the most powerful moments have happened in life groups where we have rejoiced together. We've cried. We've helped each other. That's what families do. We've brought each other along and said, you can do this. You can do this. Why? Because we're with you. We're with you. So maybe you need to take life groups to the next level. Maybe you need to open your life up. You need to to reach out the hand of someone else because maybe you're saying, well, nobody's reaching their hand out to me. Well, you know what? Maybe you need to be the one to reach out first and people will follow you when you take your shoes off first. Mm. That's what I want for us. I hope that's what I want for you because that's, man, let me tell you, life lived that way, it's special. And moments are amazing together. And you have those times where you say, you know what? This is possible. We can do this together. Let's pray. God, you're so good to us. Lord, I thank you for this family. God, I thank you uh, for this thing uh, called church where it's certainly not perfect. We are flawed people, God. But Lord, I, we are authentically trying to chase after you, run after you in this race you've called us to live. And God, I, I pray today for those who are, are just feeling that kind of wall and they've been blocked off and they have said, you know what, I'm just gonna, just gonna be myself and isolated. God, I pray that, that those would have courage today to take the next step of community to reach their hand out for others, to, to join a group, to, to go to lunch with someone, to, to have a conversation, to, to talk about the Lord, to talk about the things that are frustrating and, and things that are difficult and temptations and hurts and all of these things. Lord, I pray that you would help us to open up to those things, Lord. Today, as your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, maybe you would say in your heart of hearts, you know, there was a time that I was holding God's hand he was leading me in my life. But I don't know when it was, but somewhere along the way, I let go. And I know things aren't right. And I know that I need to grab God's hand again today. Or maybe you've never, you've never responded with Jesus has, has reached out his hand to you. And maybe today you want to grab Jesus' hand for the first time. And you want to put your trust and your faith in him today. It starts with a prayer. It starts right now, and it, and it begins a lifetime of following Jesus. And I just encourage you today, right now, as you are praying in your heart of hearts, to put your faith in Jesus, to trust in him, to turn from, from you ruling your life to letting him rule your life and guide it. You can ask for forgiveness right there in your chair, in your heart. And God will give that to you because he is a God of grace that has given his life on a cross so that you can be forgiven and have a relationship with him. The barrier has been broken. And now you can be complete and be a part of his family today. God, I pray for those right now that are in their seats that are praying that prayer. They're putting their faith in you, God. And I thank you that today we can come and with honesty and openness, Lord, and say, God, you know everything about me. 
Lord, you've seen everything. You know about the junk, the hurt, the pain, the scars. Lord, all of it, you know about it, God. I pray that you would heal today, that you would bring hope. Lord, that you would replace anger with, with joy. God, I pray, Lord, for that person that is, that is on the verge or they want to reach out. Lord, give them the courage to do that. God, I pray for the person today who was let go at one time. Things were so good between you and them and something got in the way. And God, I pray that they would have the courage to reach out again and to begin to follow you, Lord. God, we thank you, Jesus, for your mercy and your grace in our life. God, we thank you that we don't have to do this alone. I couldn't do it alone. I need you and I need your people. God, we thank you and we celebrate today new life, new families, new community, and we give you all the glory for what you're going to do. We praise things in your name. And everyone said, amen.